All right. Hey, welcome to back Tucker Out Life family. So, uh, if you're on the Alabama wrestling board, you might know this guy, but um, if you don't know his face, his name always comes up as the debate begins as some of the best wrestlers ever coming out of the state of Alabama. Seth Garvin. So, Seth. Hey, welcome. how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So, if you don't know, I'm going to let Seth kind of give you a little background about himself, and we're going to ask some questions. Uh, we won't get into the debate unless he wants to jump in. But, uh, so, uh, Seth, so give us a little background for those people that don't fully know you and kind of, uh, you know, what are you doing now? All right. So, I uh, wrestled at Homewood High School, 2000-2004. I was a four-time state champ. Um, that's before, you know, seventh and eighth graders got to wrestle on the varsity. Uh, so, you're welcome me leading the charge on that. Um, from my team, Homewood, also won four state championships as well. I was a uh, three-time uh, piece of the East All-American at fifth, and then I got, I was runner-up twice my junior and senior year. I got third at junior nationals and freestyle, and I got third in senior nationals. So um, from there, I went on to wrestle at a university. University of Wisconsin for two years, then uh, finished up at Chattanooga. So obviously the resume is rather large, and uh, then there seemed to be kind of a space where we had Alabama people not really go in Division One, um, or we had some people kind of pop up, and and currently you're starting to see more guys start to do it. Um, what is something that you've seen change the most? Because you kind of got away from the sport after you got finished. We'll get into that in a second. And now yeah. that you're getting back into it. So what's some stuff that you've seen changed in that time? Um, you know, I haven't seen, uh, you know, when I was growing up, we had a, a team Alabama that competed, you know, in the you know, tri-region, you know, competed in Tennessee, you know, at that, uh, that Challenge Cup, which was always yeah. a great time. Yeah, they don't have that anymore. They don't have that anymore. You know, I thought that was huge. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, everyone got to compete against each other, um, you know, from one spot, despite, you know, what class you were in. Um, I thought that was huge for the sport. We also got to see, you know, what Georgia, Tennessee, you know, people's teams always didn't get to travel out of state. Right. You know, and, you know, for the best guys in the state to come together and then travel. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought it was good for the uh, sport. You know, the, we're just not doing as many postseason tournaments as well as preseason tournaments either um, just from you know a quick glance of course back into the sport here right and I, and I think the way I'm going to take this because obviously I've been involved in a little bit more yeah um, I think what you're saying is exactly right we're not doing it collectively as a state yes it's more small groups yeah. going here and there whereas you don't have that unity um, that that is you see in a lot of other states yeah, and those, you know, you, there's a couple of clubs around, you know, but I mean, we had a, you know, we had, we had one club where, you know, everybody came to. Right. So everybody got to drill with one another. Right. You know, I feel, I just feel like that's, uh, you know, is it the same passion right now for, for that as there should be? Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what has allowed Georgia to explode. Um, and uh, I think you and I talked, several of the other guys talked about how when you were coming through, you guys would train at Arturo's, mm -hmm. or a lot of the top guys would just kind of say, hey, this weekend we're all going to get at this place, and we're all yeah. going to meet. And like you said, that's kind of what Alabama had. 
it's kind of falling off. But that's why Georgia has kind of taken off. Florida's taken off. Yeah. Um, so Arturo Holmes had uh, the wrestling center, which was in Atlanta. He had uh, you know practices on holiday weekends or holidays. You know we we were out from school. Right. Right. We had six or eight weeks of uh, intensive training during the summer, which. I mean, we wrestled eight hours a day. Right. You know, he had it on a timer, right? And that didn't count the run that we did in the morning either. And everyone from Tennessee and Georgia came, you know, and just grinded it out. And everyone that I know, you know, that went through that camp was successful. You know, at a minimum, they were a state champ, if not, you know, continue on to be a national champ at, you know, freestyle or uh, folk style tournament. Um, those guys that you know that were my age and a little older who went off to college to wrestle who trained under Arturo came back yeah and they have and they have clubs all around the state and none of them are afraid to go train with any of the other ones you know right. it's not it's, it's as a collective what can you know how can we get these kids better yeah you know so they're all working together yeah making each other better, you know, which why a few years ago, or maybe, you know, longer than that, but they had a, you know, Team USA versus Georgia. Right. Dual me. You know, it's, it's, it's because they're working together for the kids and it's making a big impact on their programs. Exactly. And that's in the States. You have friends. Obviously, a lot of you guys are my friends in different parts of the country. Um, and even the state of Alabama, we talk about it. And that's where those places are successful. Um, I know one of my college teammates from Chattanooga, we're gonna get to his Chattanooga dates in a second, Bobby Cook, Oklahoma, Team Oklahoma guy. Uh, you know, they do a lot of work out there and it is. It's everybody's working for the collectiveness of the state when you get to that level. Um, and that's some stuff, Alabama, we got some work to do. Uh, so we're gonna get off that right now. But uh, a lot of you heard about his success. I remember you guys, those of you that are my age and older remember this guy, maybe you don't, whenever he was and whatever starting off I remember yeah. when he was the tubby little kid jumping on my back because I was in high school or I was a college guy and to see the work that put in so talk a little bit about how you went from the kid that was Owen forever yeah. to the body that didn't like a wrestler to what you are like how did rest how did wrestling change you and you know go go through that path so um, I was a fat little kid I started wrestling first or second grade I think it was second grade, weighed 90 pounds. Um, you know, I wasn't a super great athlete because of, you know, how overweight I was, but I'll tell you what, I could play, I could beat anyone in the world in some Mario Go-Kart <laughs> at that time, okay? So don't challenge him now to Mario Kart. He might I don't know if, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think I traded it out. Oh, okay, all know? right. <laughs> but, um, so I started wrestling. Um, the Homewood High School coach right now, Eddie Crocker, was my PE coach in elementary school when I started out at Shades Cahaba. Um, he was handing out flyers to everyone in the PE classes, and I got the flyers. I went home, and I was like, Dad, I think this would be cool. And, you know, and he's like, okay, sure, we can go check it out. Yeah. So we went, and uh, he signed me up, and from there forth, I got destroyed in practice and in tournaments. Um, the, I only won one match, and that was the last match of the season. Um, I believe I was one in 40 
it was something like that. It was bad. But, you know, I, I get, you know, I cry, hated losing, uh, cried, blah, blah, blah. Dad, my father told me, you know, that we committed to the sport uh, at least for one season, so that, so I was going to continue to do it. Um, which I think I only had to ask him that once. I don't think I ever asked him that again. Uh, you know, that's something I just like internalized. Yeah. Um, from there on, after the after that one match from the end of that season, I did a. Um, I traveled around with uh, some older guys named Tutwilers. Yep. They wrestled at Vestavia, and um, they were older than me, but I, I, you know, got dragged along. You know, I was holding on to their <laughs> shirt tails, uh, but went to some tournaments, and um, not too long after that. I went to a tournament where it was just a wheat weight class and uh, that I was in, and I ended up winning it. And from there, I was like, this kind of something to this sport. I kind of like this, <laughs> you know? And, um, you know, what always, in a whole bunch of the youth league sports, yeah. you know, you can be amazing, but if your dad's not a coach, you know, you don't get on the all-star team. You know, things like that happen all the time in hockey, football, baseball, yeah, you know, any of the team sports. So what I learned to love about wrestling was that, you know, what you put into the sport, you're gonna get out of it. You know, someone can be more talented, they can be more athletic, but if you're out working, you're gonna win. Um, I love that. And then I also love that there was no, well, I think I'm better than you. No, I think I'm better than you. It was, let's go see who's better. And we'll find out who's the best. We'll find out who the champ is and who can go to the all-star team. There isn't there isn't a picking, you know? Right. No, there's nothing like that. Either I'm the best or I'm not, you know? I gotta work harder. Yeah, that, exactly, and then you got choices. Like I said, yeah. you go back to work every day. So I know when I got into coaching, like I said, Coach Crocker was middle school, Coach Dickie Wright was head coach, you guys were winning. I come back and everybody's looking at Seth Garvin, man, this kid's a stud, he's all these champions, and I look to guys and I go, I remember when this kid was a fat pudge and they always thought I was crazy. Yeah. So. Uh, once again, for those of you guys out there that are watching this and may not know who this guy is, you've heard a little bit. So I want you to tell these guys some of the people that you faced, like at Beast of the East, at Fargo. And oh, then, like he said, okay. he wrestled at the University of Wisconsin under yeah. legendary coach Barry Davis, oh. who wrestled at Iowa uh, with Gable or under Gable. Yeah, with uh, yeah, he was under Gable. So Gable was the coach then. So um, does he still hold the win record at Iowa? I don't know. I know he's a, a Hall of Famer now. Exactly. So, so he's a three-time so, NCAA champ. So he some, got all some, of his wrestling done in college. This guy uh, got second in the Olympics while he was in college. Right. Competing. That's amazing. Exactly. I mean, we so. look at Kyle Snyder today as like, this guy wrestled was a national champ, actually was a national runner-up, then became Olympic champ. And like I said, so Barry Davis was doing this before Snyder was mm -hmm. doing it um, uh, with those guys. But so yeah, for the people that may not know, so so who are some of the people you faced at Beast of the East? Uh, some see. Stuff like that? Wins and losses, by the way. So he beat some big name people too. Yeah. It's funny, like they say you, you know, you'll only remember your losses, and it's true. You know, it's, it's you know, I beat some real good guys. I can't always remember their name, but I, I always remember the guys that beat me. Uh, C.P. Slater, he wrestled at Minnesota. Uh, he he was an All American. I wrestled uh, Stephen Luke, who was a national champion for Michigan, multiple time All American. I wrestled. Um, let me see. Let me see. Was it I remember those two big losses because they were in the finals of the Beast of the East. I read uh, 
Steven Luke also beat me. So at Fargo, I don't know exactly how they're doing it now. It's brackets now. So tell them how it was. So y'all are lucky it's brackets now. <laughs> All right. They used to be pools, right? Um, I think Gavin, uh, I'm Gavin. I think, I think he wrestled at uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, we he have. Was, he was tough. I think yeah. he went up against. Um, he lost against uh, Ben Askren in the finals one year. Um, anyways, so uh, junior nationals. So they had um, pools, and you wrestled in your pools, and there was a point system if you teched them or if you pinned them, like on where you went. Um, my weight class was stacked. No one in my who placed like went undefeated. All of us had a loss. Um, Zach Fry won. Uh, he went to uh, West Virginia. Stephen Luke got second. I got third. Max Askren, Ben Askren's brother, got fourth. Brandon Mason got fifth. Someone else. I lost, I, I lost, I forget who it was after that. But, um, you know, there's uh, Josh Glenn, who I wrestled at Beast of the East one year. He went on to be, he went on to be a national champion at American. So he got huge, he was like 197, I believe. So he got a big boy. Uh, who else? Well, I was thinking, uh, I, I think it's important that guys understand that he only wrestled Fargo one year and got third. He, now you heard Beast of the East, but a lot of times today, especially even with social media, uh, people think you've got to go to all these big events. And that's important, but even back in the early 2000s, it was extremely important to be at the big events, but to have only gone once um, and, to, and to finish third. In, from a state from Alabama that is not as well known wrestling wise, uh, what did that do to your confidence? Which I know was already high because you'd already been to Beast of the East yeah. twice. You know, you'd already you were three time state champ at that time. Yeah. You know, but what does going up there um, against these guys in the Olympic style? What What did that do? So I'd been wrestling. You know, after I won that first tournament and had my first gold medal, I was pretty hooked. Um, I started uh, going to Atlanta every weekend and working out um, on Sundays with Arturo's from about like fourth or fifth grade to the time I graduated college, from high school. Um, so I wrestled a lot. I mean, I got extra whole seasons in yeah. with preseason and postseason matches. You know, guys were getting in 40 matches a year. I was getting in, you know, close to probably 200 matches. Um, you know, started going to Georgia with the preseason and postseason matches, uh, tournaments. Once I started winning those, I started going to Tennessee and Georgia like the regional ones, started winning those. Then I started competing in the national ones um, when I was probably, you know, fourth, fifth grade, somewhere in there. Um, what happens is that, you know, Alabama doesn't have a reputation for good wrestlers. So when you first start traveling, you're gonna get the number one seed. Yep. Right? Well, I had to figure out, you know, I figured out rather quickly like my first match is probably gonna be like one of my toughest matches, mm -hmm. you know. So I would get ready, and once I started knocking those guys off, you know, they at first they'll think it's a fluke, you know, like oh he must have gotten lucky, 
they'll push against the number one seed again. You beat the number one seed again right. in the next turn. All of a sudden they're like, oh, well, you know, you start making yourself what they consider an outlier, right? Well, there's one kid from Alabama that's right. good, right? Well, it continues, right? Georgia, it's like state of mind at that point was how it was everywhere I went after that. Yeah. Right? When I went to Tennessee, it was against the number one ranked seeds. When I went to, when I first started going to national tournaments, it was against number one ranked seeds. So every match I had was tough. Right. That's just how it was until I got older and started actually winning some national tournaments. You know, I would I would get the number one ranked seed guy right off the bat. And so everyone I wrestled was tough there on. Um, so by the time, you know, I went to juniors, you know, I had, I had won that tournament in my mind probably a thousand times at a minimum. Right. Right. I'd visualize myself with Panerae, visualize myself standing on podium. You know, that match right there was no, every match at junior nationals was no different to me than having a dual match at Homewood High School or Homewood Middle School. I prepared for every single match the exact same. I'd eat the same thing after weigh I tried to drink, you know, just about the same amount of water or Gatorade. I, um, my warm up was like down to a science. Like every every rep, every single match, whether it was a scrub or the number one guy in the country, was the same. That way, if I didn't feel good, you know, I knew what I needed to like change. Yeah. Like there, there's. You know, if you keep doing random things every single time and doing things differently, well then you don't know what you need to change to be to be warmed up for a match. Exactly. Whether it's a big match or a scrub. Exactly. So when I went out there, I mean I treated it just like every other tournament I had I had been in. You know, so I was I didn't get super excited. I didn't, you know, underestimate my opponent. I was I was zoned in. Alright. So so you go through uh, I don't know, one of the first few guys to medal at Fargo. And then fast forward several years and you find out we finally, Alabama finally has Sam Latona become yeah. a national champ. What, what was your thought process looking back on what you kind of did to start helping become part of that group to help break that glass ceiling, so to speak, that leads up to him and then also lead into Corey Land making the world team? Yeah, I was pumped for him. I was, I was immediately, I was like, finally. <laughs> Right, I was like, finally, finally, we had someone from Alabama do it. I was, I was super proud of him. Yeah, um, he looked fantastic. You know, I hope, I hope he does amazing things in college. He's wrestling for Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw not too long ago, before it's probably close to a year ago. I know it was last season. Um, him wrestling at the Southern Scuffle, I believe. He looked great. Should have knocked off Pincinini from Oklahoma yeah. State, but like I said, he didn't get that call because it was the. You're never gonna get it either. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna tell you right now, yeah. you're never gonna get it. As those, those guys from Iowa, you know, the, they're they're always gonna get the call for some yeah. reason. All right. You, you know, you can't only just beat them. You gotta, you know, it's like it's like boxing. You can't just beat the champ. I gotta dominate the champ. I gotta crush the champ. Like, and that's how it is. You're gonna have to, when you go out there, it, you're gonna have to dominate every single thing until you know you get the respect of those guys and he did a great job after so with he exactly what you said and that speaks to volumes what he did was he realized i didn't get it and he came back and i think he came back and got third if i'm yeah. not mistaken yeah uh, so but he looked great I, I hope he's a national champ i'll be i'll be pulling for him oh yeah without a doubt 
Um, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for him. I was, I was pumped. I was super proud uh, of him when he won junior nationals, especially in style the next year. Right. Oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't have been happier. And so like, we got, and, and this kind of is interesting because we started off the conversation about kind of issues that you might see within Alabama wrestling, but we've got a national champ, and then we got a guy that's going into his junior in high school who's already made the cadet world team. Oh yeah, Corey so, Land's yeah. tough. Uh, Corey Land, I was, I was super proud of him when I, uh, without even meeting him, you know, when I saw that he did that, um, you know, it, it just, it shows you, like, if you dedicate yourself and you're passionate about it, what you can achieve, okay? The fact is, is that in this day and age, with the technology and the, and the information we have, just at our fingertips, right? like, you can, because we didn't have all this, like, when I was, when I was coming up, right? You could, I couldn't just look up somebody, you know, on YouTube or flow, like flow wrestling wasn't around, right. you know? So it was a lot harder to scout um, and get seen by college coaches. You know, I had to go where they were, yeah. you know, in order to get seen. Um, you know, guys now, they're just, they're just so, they're able to take in so much knowledge from just so many places, right? right? I mean, we're getting to see guys from you know world champs olympic champs from other countries wrestling like daily on youtube yes. and flow wrestling just just the techniques and the information that we have right if you're passionate about it you can be good at it that's all that is so you ended up from homewood alabama yep birmingham for those that don't know um in wisconsin yeah. How, how did that process go about making that choice and then the process? I know it was, I remember us talking when you made the move because yeah. I brought my team up and you were like, well, I'm transferring to Chattanooga. So yeah. decision to go to Wisconsin, the, the tough slash easy decision, so to speak, to transfer back home. Um, and, you know, just the, the similarities and differences you might have seen between them. So uh, I went to Wisconsin, um, you know, just, no, they had a they had a great coaching staff at the time. Uh, we had the number one recruiting class in the country, which was uh, you know very intriguing to right. be on uh, for that for that year. Um, when I got there, um, you know the, the the campus is gigantic. By the way, right? It's it's, it's all interlaced within the city okay. of Madison, um, and it's cold and it's real real, real cold. A little colder than yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, that seasonal depression. That's that's a true story. Yeah. All right. Um, but you know, I just I didn't feel that uh, I was probably just a little immature to be so far away from everything that I had known. Okay. And grew and grew up with, like you know, my support group and everything like that. It's probably just a little too immature to be that far away from home. All right. Right. And the cultural differences you know, in the regions, play a big, you know, cause you can say something, you know, here and then go somewhere else and say the exact same thing and it's interpreted completely different. Exactly. You know? um, so I, you know, it's, it's almost like being in a foreign country. All right. You know, and uh, so did my first year, which went, which went de decently, it went okay. And then uh, the second year, um, I went to that summer. I went to Russia to wrestle, right? And I ended up tearing my ACL. Um, had surgery, came back home, had surgery, uh, fought through that 
surgery. Um, you know, finally able to start wrestling again. Uh, got my weight right, and then um, I felt like I was beating the starter. Okay. And then uh, I know it, it was later in the season, but um, the coach asked uh, that. Hey, so I, I asked uh, the coach for a wrestle off. I didn't get one, got my feelings hurt. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll go somewhere, you know, where I can get a wrestle off. Yeah. So that's what I did. I uh, went to uh, University of Tennessee Chattanooga, UTC. Ended up, um, you know, starting for uh, three years. Ended up, I hurt my elbow a little bit at the end of my first year that I was there. Okay. And up not being able to wrestle as a uh, SOCON, but my backup did. He won, went to the NCAAs. After that, now I ended up, I mean, I won the SOCON twice. Right. Ended up competing. That's on some, uh, that's on the NCAAs. All right, so obviously you're back in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to everybody where he is now and, you know, get, get the plug because you get a chance. Obviously, I got, my, for those who don't know, I got my son up here when, and uh, one of his teammates' dad was like, hey, you want to train with Seth Garvin? Even my wife, who's not a big wrestling person, she knows Seth Garvin. All right, so he's big time. Appreciate it. Uh, so, so what happened? So after Chattanooga, kind of, you know, kind of give us a little background and then tell so, us where you are now and how soon we get in touch with you. So after Chattanooga, um, you know, I took a step away for a second, uh, explored some other horizons, um, you know, got some, um, Got some jobs, got a got a good job. Uh, you know, that transferred me to um, the station me at uh, Denver. So I was there for two years. You, uh, you can tell them what it was. I mean, it's kind oh, of right? impressive. I mean, right. I mean, I'm fine with it as long as you as long as you're not breaking anything. I mean, it's no, pretty no, cool. no. So I was a Hoover police officer for six years. Um, I resigned from being a police officer to join the United States Secret Service who stationed me in Denver. Yeah. Um, there, I, so I was in Denver for two years. Uh, ended up seeing some of my uh, college wrestling buddies from Wisconsin. Yeah. But um, who are doing well and have a club up there. Okay. Um, but realized that that wasn't what I really wanted to do. All right. So, so uh, where, where are you now? So, um, so now I'm in a brand new facility with Spartan Fitness MMA. Um, we have a huge, huge gym with beautiful mats, and I'm uh, getting at least you know three to four uh, wrestling practices in uh, with the kids and training the pro athletes as well. All right. So uh, right now, I don't think there is a set wrestling class. I was talking to uh, Coach Conley, but uh, like I said, I know Seth's doing some stuff, um, doing some private things like that. Uh, so if you're interested, uh, you know. Contact us through Tucker at Life. Hit him up. Uh, you got social media and way people can hit you up. Yes, uh, I got Instagram. I don't have Facebook. Don't be looking at me on Facebook with the disinformation and Russian and stuff. I don't have it anymore. Okay, so I'm on Instagram though. Uh, you can look Seth Garvin or you can look Stunner um, underscore SGO. Right. We'll tag him in the uh, we'll tag him in the Instagram post so that way you guys can I appreciate hit it. that on absolutely. So, uh, like I said, uh, arguably. Any of the forum boards, anytime it comes up once a year, his name pops up. If, if you ask me, I'm going to say right now he's number one. I need Latona. 
I need Corey. Love those guys. I need them to finish their career. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> okay. Just know that. Just know that. Uh, so, uh, but like I said, I, I'm like him. I think the future's bright, and I uh, appreciate yeah. it. And I love being able to talk to him three days a week. So, but yeah, Spartan Fitness. You're in the area. You're looking for somewhere to, to train uh, for your kids wrestling, or if you're just a person looking to, you know, get in better shape. I promise you, I get nothing for this. Tucker Olive gets nothing for this. But uh, Spartan Fitness, they do a great job. So. We're in Homewood. We're just off Lakeshore. Right, right across the street from that Walmart. So, all right, guys, have a good one. Uh, and as we always say, enjoy life. Thank you.